The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Hello, and welcome to the Massage Podcast. Today is December 1st, 2011, our 32nd episode, and it is winter here, (laughs) Um, snowy and cold. Boulder, Colorado. Here we are. Welcome. (laughs) If you need to find us, you can find us at themassagepodcast.com. You can also send us a text or a voicemail at 303 656 9860. Come chat with us during our live recordings. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, of course. So today we have a special guest on the phone. We have (laughs) Dr. Ben Benjamin. He is a doctor in sports medicine and muscular therapy, also founder of the Muscular Therapy Institute in Cambridge. And he's also written books and countless articles, and there's a lot to talk about, but I'm going to let Ben, tell us a little more about himself. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thank you. Okay, so how do I? How did I get started? Well, I got started by having a pain in my back when I was about thirteen or fourteen years old in New York City, and um, I met up with probably one of the world's most talented hands-on therapists. His name was Alfred Kagan, and everybody called him Doctor Kagan, even though he wasn't a doctor, because he was so talented and he worked with everybody from bankers, you know, secretaries, very famous professional dancers, uh, me, who was a kid at 13 who had a pain in his back. <clears throat> so he sort of adopted me and took me under his wing and really trained me. That's how I came into the profession in those days. There were just a few therapists in New York City. So that's how I got started. Right now, going sort of the other end of things, now I teach a lot by webinar because people don't have a lot of money to spend, they can't travel, they can learn in the course of an hour, an hour and a half, right in their own home, they can hear a recording of the webinar, they see slides, they hear me talk, they ask questions, and then we have little videos that we attach to the class so that they can really learn the various techniques. And I found that to be a very uh, satisfying and very stimulating way to teach people. I don't like traveling all over the country myself, you know. It's a lot easier to do. Now, you can't train a beginner this way, but a, an advanced you know, professional therapist who knows what they're doing, uh, learning in this way, in this webinar format, has been really uh, astoundingly uh, helpful to people. I wrote a book on massage, on exercise, and one on pain called Listen to Your Pain, which has been in print pretty much continuously since 1982. Mm-hmm. And that, that book has had a new printing, uh, a new edition a couple of years ago with special editions of therapists in the back, a new 80 pages with 115 or 16 new drawings and just everything in one place for the therapist, how to assess it, what the anatomy is, how to treat it. And, uh, you know, so it's a really good tool that people have uh, in their offices. It's fantastic. In fact, um, I've heard a lot about you, and it's all good. Just had to say that. 
right off the bat. Now, can yeah, that's you? Good. Yeah, uh, you know all of the you know, the webinar that I took with Whitney Lowe. I mean, that was fantastic. It was so well designed and uh, so easy to get on. And I mean, it was just you know, I've taken a few, and they've been very. Um, I, I think that's a wonderful medium. You know, you don't have to leave the house. And yet you're learning from top, you've got some top instructors on your webinars. We try to only have really top people. Tom Myers, uh, Whitney Lowe, and Tracy Walton Mm -hmm. have been the people that I started with. But now we're doing one on a whole series on fitness with a lot of exciting people from uh, slightly different fields. We're having um, the woman who started Aston Patterning. Uh, We have uh, Ralph Stevens. Uh, We have some people from the fitness industry, myself and Tom Myers. Uh, we're all contributing our expertise in a whole thing about exercise and functional exercise and fitness and how that can fit into a massage therapist kind of practice. And in the future, we're going to have starting the year with Carol Osborne. She, Carol Osborne, excuse me, and she's going to do one on pregnancy. So you have Judith Aston coming on? Yeah, Judith Aston's going to do a, one on the 20th, I think, of December. She, we, heard her, we did a rehearsal with it. It was just wonderful. She's oh, wonderful. she's wonderful. Yeah. She's just absolutely... Okay, I got. We got to check that out, folks. If you heard that, check it out. She's one of the. She's the founder of Movement Therapy. Speak up a little louder for me. Um, but Judith Aston, she's like the founder of Movement Therapy and for massage therapy. She's been around. Yeah, she's she's terrific. Mm-hmm. So Ben, I mean, you're in a publication of Listen to Your Pain. That kind of, and that the the other book that you did, Are You Tense? That came out like in 1979. Didn't it, didn't it go back that far? Yeah. Well, I was working in this field for a long, long time. Uh, I've been in the field for almost 50 years now and um, started treating people probably in 1963. Back in those days, I mean, since the beginning uh, of your your work in this field, you've always paid a lot of attention and made a big deal out of people taking their own responsibility for their own health. You were one of the first to come out with a book that gave, that sort of empowered the reader to not just receive treatments from outside practitioners, but also how to work on themselves and work with themselves. Your book on exercise without injury was brilliant that way. Could you talk a little bit about um, why you think that's so important yesterday and today? Yeah, I mean, it's very important for people to take care of themselves. I mean, you can't go for a massage you know, once a week or even see a trainer once a week and be healthy. Mm-hmm. You have to take care of yourself don't take care of yourself, your body will deteriorate, you'll not have a, a very enjoyable life, you'll hurt yourself, you'll die younger. So right from the beginning, I have been always teaching people to take care of themselves. In my first book, I think I called it body care. We call it self-care. I mean, when I had a school, I was, the first thing I was training students to do was to take care of themselves. You can't take care of other people unless you learn how to take care of yourself, you exercise, eat well, and even the way you use your body when you work on we used to hire Alexander teachers, movement specialists, to work on the students while they were treating people on the table. That's so they learned how to work and not hurt themselves. And that has to extend into your life. If you're eating you know, crap or you know, eating out in uh, fast food restaurants, you're eating a lot of junk food, you're drinking alcohol, you're smoking. You know, those are things that will not enhance your health. So learning how to be a healthier person is sort of step one. And many people, often massage therapists, don't really exercise at all. Uh, in order to be really healthy, you have to be flexible, you have to be strong, you have to have good balance. So I think it's incredibly important. And I recently did some additional training in exercise therapy uh, down in Florida, in Gainesville, a place called Go Primal Fitness, and really incorporate 
having people really exercise, even within the session. Sometimes you can see somebody, half of the session will be hands-on, and half of the session will be exercise, and giving them programs to do uh, so that they do it you know, two, three, four times a week, at least three times a week, is, the exercise is really important. Mm-hmm. I think that it empowers people, it keeps them well, and, uh, and you can kind of be a coach. I think a lot of massage therapists are naturally coaches in helping people to care for their bodies in a better way. Absolutely. Um, you studied with uh, James Syriac, is that right? Yes, in the uh, late 1970s, I was getting my PhD, and one of my students' uh, husbands was a physician, and he suggested that I go to Rochester, New York, to the medical school where Dr. Syriac was giving the course. And I went there, and I took all of my students with me that were my best students that had graduated from my school at that time. And uh, we went, and we listened to him talk, and it really blew our minds because this man knew things that I didn't think were even knowable. <laughs> I really thought that most of the problems that people had in their body were in their muscles. There was a lot of tension in their body. That's why I wrote a book called Are You Tense? I thought that was really what it was really about. And what I learned in this course was that was only one piece of the pie. It wasn't what the whole thing was about. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes in our early development, we think whatever we're doing is the greatest, and that's the thing that's important. You know, if you're a... If you're a nutritionist, you think eating is the most important. If you're a chiropractor, you think the alignment of the bones is important. If you're a massage therapist, you think being relaxed and the muscles is important. It's all of those things are important. Mm-hmm. So you know, what I did was I put those things together so that I got, I got a bit lost here. Tell me what your question was again. Well, I just wondered, you know, um, do you have any particular memories of him, of uh, Dr. Syriac? I'm mean, Syriac, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was was a, a very entertaining man, and uh, and he gave me a big piece of the pie here. He gave me orthopedic medicine, which is a coin, it's a term that he coined to describe all pain, soft tissue injuries in the body that were not surgical in nature, which is most of the soft tissue pain that people get. Right. 66% of all visits to the doctor, any kind of doctor, is because of musculoskeletal of pain and discomfort. And Syriac, I would say that he was an entertainer and an innovator, mm-hmm. but he wasn't particularly a great teacher. He would leave there in five days. In five days, he would teach everything, in the treatment, the anatomy, the assessment, everything. In five days, he'd teach, teach the whole low back, the neck, the thorax, the shoulder, the elbow, the wrist, the hand, the foot, the knee, the hip, the ankle, everything. So when you got finished with that course in five days, eight hours a day, you thought he was brilliant, which he was. Mm-hmm. And you were really dumb because you couldn't possibly absorb all those things that he was teaching all in that short space of time. So he was a, he did a lot for us uh, in, the, in the field by really isolating. How do you figure out what's really wrong with somebody? I know I you know, would just decide everything because who the heck knew what was really wrong? I thought I did, but I didn't really. And, you know, for instance, uh, working on a sprained ankle, I would just work on everything. After I worked with Syriac, I, I discovered what are the tests to figure out what's exactly wrong with a sprained ankle. What kind of a sprain is it? Is it medial, lateral? What is it? And identify it within like, you know, a quarter of an inch distance of what tissue it's been injured. And when injured, I mean it's been slightly torn, there's scar tissue formation, and what structure was injured with the ligament, a tendon, muscle, a bursar, a joint, a fascia. And he helped you to identify exactly what was injured and what to do about it. And and so that's what really I took away from my work with Syriac, and then that's when I wrote the book. I taught my courses, and what he teaches, you know, he taught five days, 
I teach over the course of a year right. or so, and I let people practice and have clinics people from the public coming in and have people really master the material rather than gloss over it really quickly. A good teacher lets you leave the room thinking you really know something. Uh, not that he or she is very smart, you're not, but that you can really do this. Uh, and you can do it with a little practice, not immediately, but you've got the basics and, and you can fly with it. Right. So he started something and, and I'm trying to you know continue with that and make it the work that he started more accessible. Right. I saw him work only once, and it was amazing to watch him work on on a man's neck while the man was sitting in a chair. But it was he was it was very entertaining, a little scary, but really amazing practitioner. Back I remember in, he had a guy who came in that was completely hunched over, and he couldn't straighten up for like weeks. And then he put on the table. He had somebody give traction. He did a little spool manipulation, and the person like got up and walked around. He hugged him. <laughs> And he said, can I have your number? He said, no, I'm in London. Right. But, uh, but he certainly did some incredible things that impressed me enough to... I actually uh, did this course with a doctor friend of mine, and we opened a free clinic in New York for about eight months. And all we did was we saw people for free all day for three days a week mm. and uh, just trying to really master the material and really learn it more thoroughly. And so that was a very exciting time for me. And then I went back and I took the 3 course three separate times. By the third time I knew it, I did it, I knew exactly what he was going to say, and I knew I had mastered what he could teach me. Mm-hmm. Right. Dr. Benjamin, so it, we've got a little bit of a history of how you got to where you are today, but can you explain to our listeners what exactly, what kind of therapy techniques that they can learn from your website? Are, are all of your classes available online, or do we have to go to Massachusetts? No, no, there's a lot of stuff online. I mean, I have, for instance, I have a, a series of webinars on the low back. And I take the most common injuries to the low back, like iliac ligaments, iliolumbar ligaments, sacrotuberous ligaments, certain muscles, etc. And each webinar is devoted to a, a different part of the body where I talk about it, uh, give you the anatomy, give you the, the testing that you do, the precise testing, the palpation. And then I describe the treatment, and after the webinar, you have access to video clips for months and months and months. You have access to these little video clips that you can watch while your client's on the table and practice and learn how to do these various techniques. And we, in the last part of the webinar, the last two sessions, I give the thinking problems. Like, it's very important to be able to think critically about different cases. And so I give different cases, and people try to work with understanding what is these symptoms mean? What does it mean when a person, you know, was in an accident and they didn't feel pain until a week later, or they felt pain when they sat, but not when they stand? So all these different things. We go over the history very, very uh, thoroughly. Uh, we do all sorts of things that uh, help it be really clear for people. And we have an entire series on the back, on the neck, on the shoulder, on the knee, on the ankle, on the hip and thigh, and then we've got Special work with Tom Myers. We have a whole series on cancer, which was fantastic, with Tracy Walton, and also on cardiovascular conditions with, with Tracy. So, so there's a lot, a huge, a huge amount that people can learn in this particular uh, format. And we, we coach all of our people, sometimes for months, so they know how to present on webinars rather than in a class. It's very different. You have to be presenting it a little bit differently in mm-hmm. a webinar format. And I practiced doing webinars for about eight months before I gave the first one. 
uh, where I charge something for it that was just more than a few dollars. Right, and and they're very. And also, I have TV, have sets of DVDs on the back, the neck, the knee. Right. Common injuries that people could purchase if they want to own something and, and be able to watch it forever. Uh, we offer a discount on those when people take the webinar. And those are very well done. That the filming is so clear and is very very professionally done. Yeah, by I the way, I've a fortune on those in <laughs> years and years of my life. Well, it shows. You know, it's absolutely um, obvious. Yeah. So the type of work that people are learning from you, is it, it sounds like there's a lot of assessment, obviously, and is it, is the work itself, it sounds like there's kind of a mix of things. There's definitely myofascial release, which I find extremely effective. And uh, what, what is the body work like? What, what type of well, when body you, work? When you do work with injuries, you're, I'm assuming that people know how to do massage when, when they come to the webinar. Right. I'm not teaching them massage. What I'm assuming is they know how to do that, and I'm teaching them how to find the structure. For instance, how do you put your finger on the supraspinatus tendon? Most people don't know how to do that. And if you, that's sort of my test, find out if people know what they're doing. And so I, I have them put their hand, you have to put the person behind, the hand behind their back, and then the tendon moves from the side to the front. And, and you have to, uh, you have to work on it on the front, even though the tendon's on the side of the body. So we teach people how to find it, and then we teach them a technique. And the technique that you need for, like, a supraspinatus tendon would be friction therapy, because most pain comes when there's adhesive scar tissue, and you just can't, uh, you can't undo the scar tissue if you don't know where it is and if you don't have the technique to do that. So working on adhesive scar tissue with friction therapy is one technique. Another is exercise therapy, so person can be strengthening their body while they're, you're treating them. Another therapy that we talk about is active isolated stretching and strengthening, and sometimes I show some of those techniques, although that's a whole course that one might need to take really in person mm-hmm. uh, if you want to get everything. Uh, I'm actually working on a, a set of videos for the neck and shoulder and forearm and hand. I think that can be sh- shown in a webinar format, but the legs and back, I'm not sure that can be taught in any way except person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the various things we would do. Friction therapy, exercise therapy, uh, AIS, active isolated stretching, strengthening. Uh, and of course, referring people to other things, you know, like if somebody has an alignment problem, that's what we call an indirect cause of the problem. And we want to uh, get them to not do that. For instance, if they're standing with their feet turned out and their knees coming in and they're an athlete or just walking around, you're going to hurt your medial knee. And you're going to keep hurting until you correct that posture, that, that movement pattern of the knees to the ankles to the hips. So, so we talk about those things as well. Right. Does that answer you, Elaine? Um, that answered my question. Thank you. That was Dawn. See, because I've taken oh. classes with you, so I know um, what your techniques are like. And that, you know, for people listening, they're very, um, very inclusive. And that will say you never just work on a knee. You work on every structure of the knee. You show you talk about the bursae, which is not mentioned by a lot of instructors still out there to this day. Uh, right. So you can really um, learn very specific. It's very good for learning very specifically what you're doing and why. The reasons why are very important to know. Um, and then you got busy, we're going to go to a different direction here, but um, you wrote the book and co-authored the book, Ethics of Touch, 
this was a book that I reviewed years ago, and I think I wrote uh, one of the, some of the, what do you call, a little blurb on it. It was on that first issue of Ethics of Touch. That's a book that we're continuing to use at the Boulder College of Massage Therapy, and I think a lot of massage schools have adopted that book. Is that right? Yes, three or four hundred schools. Wow. Many of them are, require it, and some of them have it as a, you know, an option for people, maybe up to 500 schools. Okay, but I think that ethics of touch is a must for any massage practitioner. So if you didn't get it while you were at school, it's the kind of book that every I think every massage therapist should have in their office and should read from cover to cover. Um, it's just so well done. And um, to this day, I have never heard anybody complain about that book in their, you know, how they complain about a book from time to time. Or why do we have to get this book? It is so obvious on every page why... Um, massage therapists need this material. So I uh, just had to mention it. Um, so so let me say a little bit about it. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, as we're, we're talking about it, because uh, I'm actually in the process of doing a whole series of webinars on, on ethics. Oh, how fun. And, stuff, and, and we're just reviewing the stuff in the book and, you know, creating new, new things with a web, in the webinar format. Yeah, that one of the most important things for a massage therapist is to, to have good boundaries. And a lot of people don't know what that means. Uh, you know, it means that you touch the person on the table appropriately, but you don't really touch them in the same way off the table. You ask certain kinds of questions, but you don't ask certain kinds of questions. You have certain physical boundaries. You have sexual boundaries. You have emotional boundaries. You have all sorts of boundaries that create a, make a relationship work or not work. Another mm -hmm. boundary is that the person pays you. If you don't set the boundaries, the person doesn't pay you, never said anything, you never say when the, when the payment is due, you get all kinds of trouble. Another very important boundary is not to have uh, intimate personal relationships with your clients. We call that dual relationships, and we talk about that a lot uh, in, in the book. We have a whole chapter on the dangers of dual relationships as well as some of the benefits if you know how to do it right. Mm -hmm. uh, and doing it right never means having a sexual relationship. Right. It might mean, you know, having some other kind of involvement with a client, but, uh, but also there are, there are risks in that. There are lots of risks when you have a dual relationship. You know, for instance, let's say one of the things we wrote about in the book was someone who uh, was treating a therapist who was treating a client who ran out of money who was a carpenter. And so they decided to do a trade because she needed to redo her kitchen. So he was upstairs redoing her kitchen, and they had had a relationship for about six months as therapist and client, he was redoing her kitchen and something caught fire from what he was doing, burned her kitchen down. And uh, needless to say, she wasn't treating him anymore. The relationship was over. It's a lot of, you know, bad feelings. And so you have to put yourself in a lot of danger when you make have multiple relationships with somebody. Right. Uh, and another, another thing that we talk about in the book is how do you, how do you sell products and be ethical in your practice? You know, how do you how do you deal with that and do it right and not uh, overstep in a certain way? We and also talk about what do you do about your own sexual feelings if they come up for you, which they do sometimes. The whole issue is you don't act on them uh, in, a, in a professional setting, but you, you have them. You can't even deny that. If they come up, they come up. You know, that's the way it goes. Uh, and we also have a whole section on how do you work with trauma survivors uh, in the last section. Of the book. Right. Very good. All right. That sounds very interesting. Now, are you going to set up some kind of question and answer? Because that's what I find. A lot of people have ethical issues that they want to discuss with, with a 
somebody who knows what they're talking about. When you do this webinar series? Is oh, yeah. Gonna... When I do the webinars, we have two ways that we do it. When I do the webinars, people can ask, you know, questions sometimes. But actually, what we prefer to do is we prefer to have a whole teaching piece during the webinar. Sometimes we usually have questions and answers when we do um, our, you know, injury workshops. Right. But I have another way that people ask questions forever, and that is they go to my Facebook page, you know, Benjamin Institute page or Dr. Benjamin page, and they ask a question on Facebook. And, uh, and that way I can answer the question so that everybody has the benefit of the answer. Right. Uh, and it's not just, you know, one-on-one. Now, if a person isn't on Facebook, they don't like Facebook, or it's too private, they can just email me or call me. Mm-hmm. And I'm you know, always available to, to talk with people as long as it doesn't take, you know, an inordinate amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, answer, I answer emails and calls from all around the country, around the world, you know, all the time. That's great. All right, you hear that, folks out there? That's a wonderful um, opportunity to ask questions of Dr. Benjamin. Um, and then you took on a pathology project with Ruth Werner, who we had on the show, one of our first guests here. What was that like? And and that book is another big groundbreaker. I couldn't. I really enjoyed teaching with that book, uh, patho- the, God, the Massage Therapist's Guide to Pathology. You worked on the first edition with her. What was that like? Yeah, I helped her with it. You know, she did most of it, but I, I helped a little bit. I reviewed it and stuff, but, but mm-hmm. it's, that's really her stuff. And I was just, uh, you know, getting a little value, but, you know, she's gone on and edited it and expanded it. It's a great book. Yeah, it's in its fourth edition or something like that. It's really wonderful, you though. Need to speak up a little bit more. I can't really hear you. Okay. No, I just said it's in its fourth edition now, and it's really a wonderful book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you um, have a book called Working with Survivors of Trauma and Sexual Abuse. How did you get into that area? Well, when I owned a school, which I owned for almost 35 years, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, we did a lot of training around sexuality, around communication, around uh, those kinds of issues. And then in the, in the 1980s, uh, there was a big explosion in the newspapers in the Boston area and around the country about sexual abuse by doctors uh, of their patients. And so I thought, this would be good to ask a question about that to my students. So I used to teach people from all over the country who would come for advanced workshops. And I remember there were 34 people in this advanced workshop. And that, that day I just decided to ask them, how many of you personally know someone that's been sexually inappropriately touched or assaulted or whatever by a massage therapist or body worker. And 17 people, half the people in the room, raised their hand. Oh, my God. So that really was a wake-up call for me. And so then I began looking around for courses out there, for books, for stuff about dealing with ethics and sexual abuse and all that sort of stuff, and trauma survivors. And there was nothing much out there. Right. So uh, I decided to create a course, which I taught all over the country, and then I decided to write a book. Uh, and I remember I was around the, just before I decided to write the book, I was invited to a conference on uh, on sexual issues, sexual abuse issues in medicine. And I was on the stage with the head of psychiatry from Harvard, with the head of nursing from Boston College. And a whole bunch of people from Tufts University, different universities, and there was me from the Muscular <laughs> Therapy Institute. We were talking about how much training that doctors get, nurses get, in terms of 
sexuality, sexual abuse, working with trauma survivors, communication, all those issues. And it turned out that I think the average of medical students got five hours of training in five years. Mm. And, and I typed in and I said, well, we do 150 hours of training on sexuality, ethics, communication, working with tra- you know, trauma, and their mouths just dropped open. Wow. And this was a, a, a thing for the whole plenary session. And, the, and people kept coming up to me for days, even people who weren't there. And said, you know, you guys are light years ahead of medicine and nursing and whatever in this. How can you have 150 hours? I think it's important because I think having a good relationship with your client, being really knowledgeable, is the the right thing to do. Right. And so at that moment, when I was at that, you know, and I realized that medicine and nursing and all these fields had nothing, acupuncture, chiropractic, they had absolutely nothing in the way of ethics, you know, training. So then I decided that I would write this book, which ended up being The Ethics of Touch, and I worked on it for five or six years and tried to get other people to work on it with me, and I had contributions by various experts in the field helping with, with different chapters. And, and then finally I met up with Sharice on and Mo right. and uh, decided to team up with her because she had a lot of information on the, on the business side. And, and, so, and she was a great writer. She was a publisher. So if we started to really redo the whole book and collaborate on it, and so it ended up being published after about 10 years of work. Uh, so that's the story of how that happened. Wow. Okay. I mean, Sheree is really, um, she's just an amazing person. Um, we got, the, you know, you mentioned that um, the word boundaries and that people don't really understand what that means. And it, uh, maybe I'm taking it for granted, but I think that most massage therapy programs, even the 500-hour ones, and in order to even pass the national uh, exams and things like that, I think that those areas are covered. At least I hope that people who graduate from massage schools have heard the word boundary and, you know, the basic things, transference and countertransference and the things that you were mentioning. I mean, what do you think um, in general, the massage schools around the country, what do you think that they're lacking in? What do you think we're doing a good job with these days? Well, uh, the whole massage therapy field is undergoing a great transformation right now. And it used to be a kind of mom-and-pop business where people who are therapists started schools and they really were committed to the field. And so it grew. And I'd say that in massage therapy in general, there's more training about boundaries, about communication, things like that, than in pretty much any other healthcare field. Mm-hmm. Took it as a whole. Unfortunately, uh, some schools do nothing with ethics boundaries. You know, they do a cursory couple of hours. You've got to spend a lot of hours you mm-hmm. know, in order to uh, train people how to, under- how to communicate, how to create relationships. That's a very important thing. And now what's happening in the field is that large corporations are buying up massage schools. And so I'm, I'm kind of wary or afraid that, you know, some of those courses in ethics and communication, with survivors, et cetera, are going to be cut. And some of them have in certain schools, some of them haven't. But I hope that they, you know, realize how important a relation, building relationships is and how important understanding boundaries is for a massage therapist. And I hope they, they continue to build on it. My fear is that they won't, and many of them have cut it. Another place that I think that the profession is lacking is in business training. 
that when you become a massage therapist, you're going into business right. most of the time. Some people will work for somebody else. They'll go work you know, for a, another therapist or a company or a chiropractor or somewhere. But the majority of people really want to go on, on their own. And a lot, a lot of people don't know anything about being an entrepreneur. They, just, they don't have an ounce of entrepreneurial blood in their body. So right. They go out there and they think that you know manna is going to drop from heaven, and it doesn't. And it takes a understanding business. So I think it behooves schools to have at least fifty hours of training in business and how to get your your business started and how to maintain it. Uh, and I think that most schools don't do that. My school used to do that. Uh, I don't know what it's doing now because I sold it many years ago. Um, but I think that is sorely lacking in most massage therapy program, and I think that's, that's too bad. I agree. And there are some schools, some states that don't require any testing whatsoever. And so you have all sorts of people with, you know, not very much education, not very much, you know, world experience becoming trained in massage therapy who don't know much of anything. And you have a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, overstepping of boundaries and uh, inappropriateness in the relationship. Because people come into your office and they take their clothes off and they lie down and you're touching their body and nobody else is there. So if you're not really clear with who you are as a person and what your job is and what it isn't and keeping control of your urges, uh, you're going to do a bad job. And unfortunately, lots of people make lots of uh, mistakes and uh, do things they wish they hadn't and end up, some of them in prison, some of them without a license. Uh, and that's unfortunate. Uh, and I don't know where the profession's going, but uh, it looks like in some places the standards are going down, and in some places they're going up. And we'll, you know, we'll have to see how it shakes out in the next five or ten years. Right. Well, you've been around long enough to n- remember the days where, you know, it was pretty dicey to tell somebody I'm a massage therapist because they'd proposition you. So since the right, 80s, exactly. you know, with the addition of your book and other uh, educational standards, you know, since the 80s, certainly we've been doing better. In, but I could see and understand what you're saying, that if we don't maintain that in the uh, in the entry level, you know, that we're going to keep hearing trouble now. Have you ever been called um, to be an expert witness on a case? Yes, I, I've been called a number of times to be an expert witness. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's a very interesting stuff. And, and you just find out the crazy things that people will do, you know. Also, I owned the school for a long time, so you, you get privy to all sorts of information right. about the crazy things people do, even though we did a great, fantastic job. You know, some of our students fell off the wagon, and we, we would call special meetings and, you know, do all sorts of things. It happens to every school, it but does. if you're not doing training in boundaries and ethics and communication, it's going to happen a lot more often. That's right. Uh, and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Dr. Benjamin, your school, the Muscular Therapy Institute in Cambridge, is that um, is that a school for people to go through the whole program? And you said it takes about a year. Is there a certification with this program? Okay, so what I do now is I have the Benjamin Institute, which is only online. It's, I, I travel around the country teaching advanced practitioners, technique, and working with injuries, et cetera, and active isolated stretching and strengthening. And people take my webinars. I sold my school about in nineteen in two thousand and five or two thousand and six. I sold it to the Cortiva Institute. Oh, okay. And, and it moved to 
Watertown, and then it was recently sold just a few weeks ago to the Steiner Corporation, uh, which owns a whole uh, a lot of schools. So I no longer have a physical school. Mine is a virtual school. Is there a certification? Is there a certification though? If someone gets to the end of all of your uh, webinars and classes, yes. Okay. Well, what I what what you know what I always believed when I was teaching hands-on work is even if you're in a class with somebody and you teach you know you're teaching twenty or thirty people and you you have no idea if they really got it when you're watching them. You, all you can tell is they look good, and you have no idea how it feels. So when I when I had my school, I would always have students to take private lessons uh, where they would work on the teacher, or at least would be evaluated by the teacher periodically, uh, especially near the beginning, because we didn't want somebody who had cold, freezing hands that felt like they were going to strangle you hmm. working on you. And there are some people who do graduate with cold, sweaty, freezing hands, uh, you know, who you don't ever want them to touch you. But the school was only interested in money and getting the students and not having somebody who could really do it and make a living. So we would screen people out very quickly who were not going to be able to really do it. Wow. So when I do my, my webinars and my DVDs and stuff, if someone wants to get certified in a part of the body, let's say they take the neck webinars and they do the neck DVDs, they come into my office or they go to an office of somebody around the country in Washington or or in Washington State or wherever. I've got people around the country. Do you have, and they you, get evaluated. They actually work on the practitioner who's a master practitioner. Do you, and they work on them for half an hour, an hour, and they pay for that you know, testing. And if they are good, we certify them so that they go on my website and people know that this is somebody who knows what they're doing. And if they don't pass, well, they might take some private lessons with that practitioner and, uh, and learn how to do it well and then get certified. So we, we don't have tons of practitioners out there, but the ones we have are really good because we are very tight about who we recommend to. That's good to know. And are, and on your website, you can find practitioners in all over the yeah, country? These are all practitioners who graduated from the program and had hands-on testing. And you can find them on your website? Yeah, you can find them on my website, yes. Okay, so if we want to find someone in Colorado, we could go on there and... And find Who else is anybody? How old is uh, Neda Deachenko? I don't know if she's still practicing. She runs the dance program at the university in Boulder. Oh, okay. Great. She was a graduate of mine. So we've been talking with Dr. Ben Benjamin in Cambridge, Massachusetts. <laughs> a word I can't say, obviously. And um, Dr. Benjamin, we like to give our listeners a tip of the week. Or tip of the like, day. I can't hear you. A gift of what? Uh, we'd like to give our listeners a tip of the day as far as self-care or um, business. Any kind of tip you want to... Um, any product. Wisdom you'd like to impart to our listeners? Well, I've got a couple of things I could say. Uh, one is keep learning. Keep studying. Right. If you think you know everything, you're in trouble. Right. Um, there's all sorts of ways to learn from a a master practitioner, sort of an apprenticeship, or from DVDs or webinars or in classes, classes, workshops. Just keep keep honing your skill. Another thing is to ask other people for feedback. If you you have clients, ask them for feedback on your work. If you have a if you have a coworker that, that you respect, give them a treatment and get some feedback on your work and tell them you want the honest truth. You don't want to just say them to say you're great. Which if you if you want them to just say you're great, they're not going to give you feedback. And you have to say it in a way that they know you mean it, 
so that if they say, well, you know, it just felt a little rough or rough or rushed or whatever, that you can hear that information and you can keep improving yourself. Right. I guess the one thing that my life has taken a turn towards is communication. And my next career, which you know, I've been doing for quite a few years, is teaching interpersonal communication and conflict resolution in companies and just open trainings for the public and massage schools all over the place. Um, in a, in a system of communication that I work with. And I just think that's incredibly important to learn, to spend a lot of time learning how to communicate. Most people think they know how to communicate really well, and when things go wrong, they think it's the other person that has the problem, not them. And I've been working I'm working on a book uh, with a couple of collaborators called uh, Conversation Transformation, which is coming out uh, at the end of February, which I think will add a lot to people's knowledge. So... Wherever you learn communication and in order to build relationships that are lasting with your clients, with your friends, with your family, having those skills really helps you in every part of your life. So those are my part those are my words for tips. Thank you, Dr. Benjamin. And for those of you listening who are considering taking his classes, you can find everything you need about Dr. Ben Benjamin at benbenjamin.com. Is that correct? Okay. I think that it would behoove us all to maybe get on and take one of your classes. It sounds like there's a lot of good good information we can get out of you that we probably haven't discussed or thought about since school. And it'll be nice to dive deeper into how to assess. I think assessment is very important and a lot of us don't spend enough time assessing. So Dr. Benjamin, we'd like to thank you so much for joining us today. And we look forward to, um, I look forward to getting on your website and considering a class of yours. Yes. Do you have any classes coming up in Costa Rica anytime soon? I actually do. If, you, if, if you're a person who likes to go to the, uh, the Caribbean, it's just a beautiful, huge, beautiful place. It's Pura Vida. It's a, a retreat center. And the first week of January, we're doing a whole week-long course on active isolated stretching and strengthening for the whole lower body, the back, the legs, the feet the hips, the back, et cetera. And uh, it's a, we have to, prices are very low or, or high, depending on the kind of accommodations you want. Phenomenal food, trips, you know. It's just a, in a gorgeous place with incredible uh, people and just a really nice place. That's the first week of January. And then the February 11th, I'm going to team up with Tom Myers and we're going to teach about the neck from the perspective of orthopedic medicine and the perspective of uh, anatomy train and myofascial work. That's fantastic. So we're going to be working together on that web on that uh, course in Costa Rica. So anybody's interested, it's on my website. Just click on it. Just give us a call. We'll help you to uh, navigate through it if you're interested. So people can study directly with you. Yeah, I am going to be there uh, teaching people, and Tom will be there teaching people. Fantastic. The one and the first one, it'll, I'll be there myself. Uh, so it's a. Uh, it should be a fun time and a beautiful place. And the weather is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a, a wonderful place to teach. Study in paradise. Why not? That's right. It is studying in paradise. Okay, I'll see you there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Ben, thank you very much for coming on and giving us your, your time today. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. And um, happy trails to everyone. And this is our last show. Uh, we have one more show coming up in about two weeks. And uh, then we're going to take a little break over the holidays. But uh, please stay tuned to massagepodcast.com 
please feel free to visit Dr. Ben Benjamin's website. Take classes with him. I highly recommend it. He's a fantastic teacher and uh, just an excellent practitioner with lots and lots of, to impart from many, many years in this profession. Thank you again. Thank you very much. Have a lovely day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.